So we're going to pick it up from Daf Tzadi Gimel Amid Beis. Uh, started the Gemara at the bottom of the Amid. So the Mishnah had said that um, if you have four women who all got married at the exact same time and they're trying to collect a ksuba, so the first one collects. I'm sorry, they all got married not at the same time. They got married um, in in a, in, a, in an order. So the first one co- collects. Then the second one gets whatever's left over, and then the third one gets whatever's left over. Then the fourth one collects whatever's left over of all of them. So the Mishnah said that Tanakama said they don't have to swear. The, the first one has to swear to the second one because she's taking money that the second one and she, the second one only gets leftovers. And you you don't want the first one to have collected money already because that would mess up the second one. And the second one has to swear to the third one. And the third one has to swear to the fourth one, but the fourth one doesn't have to swear because they're just getting leftovers. They can't hurt anybody. You only have to swear if you, if you could potentially harm someone by taking money. But the fourth one is just taking whatever's leftovers. So there's no need to swear. But Nana said, no, you have to swear as well. Why? So the Gemara explains. What's the Machlekes about? Why does Benanis require the fourth woman to swear? Who's she swearing to? So Amr Shmuel, go to the next page. Shmuel says, Shmuel says the concern of Benanis and the Chachamim is are we worried that one of the first, the fields that the first three women collected was not really theirs? Meaning? So it's not really theirs. So because it may not be theirs, what happens if the first woman got land for her ksuba that wasn't really the guy's? So, she's it's going to be taken away from her, and she's going to have to try to go get it from the fourth woman. So, in essence, the fourth woman could be hurting the first woman, because it could be that that money eventually will go to her. So, because of that, the first woman has to the fourth woman has to swear. That's why, according to Benanis, the fourth woman has to swear because we're afraid that the money will be collected. The, that the first woman will find out that her uh, her uh, her money wasn't what, the land wasn't hers, which means she's going to have to be goyved from the fourth woman, and therefore the fourth woman can really be hurting her by taking money if it's not really rightfully hers, and therefore she has to swear. So what? So why did the Tanakama feel that she doesn't have to swear? So the Gemara says, In essence, the Machlegas is as follows: the fourth woman is taking money really before the first woman, because the first woman took, but it turns out she took something that wasn't really hers, so she, in essence, didn't take yet. The fourth woman, in essence, took before the first. The question is, is that effective? See, the Tanakama feels it's not effective at all. So the first woman doesn't have to collect from the fourth woman. The fourth woman has to give it to her. So it's kill the fourth woman is not there. So why does the fourth woman have to swear? We're afraid that she's hurting her. Why? Because she's collecting, and the first woman's going to have to try to take from her. But that's not going to happen anyway. She has to. She has to. She has to give it up anyway. The Tanakama feels that if you take money, if you have two people that are owed money, person one should collect first, and then person two should collect afterwards. If person two collected before person one, it's not effective. So because it's not effective, the fourth woman that took before the first is not effective. So she'd have to give it back anyway. So it can't cause a loss. There's no reason to make her swear. Benana says no. It could it could work. So meaning, and once the fourth woman takes it, she takes it, and the first woman can't take it from her. So the machleg is benanas the chamim is whether the four, first woman, if she finds out that she took something that wasn't rightfully hers, could she be gaivim from the fourth? The Tanakama says no, because she can't give it to the, from the fourth. The fourth woman just has to give it the land. There's not the reason for them to make the fourth woman swear. Benana says no. Once the fourth woman takes it, it's effective. The diabet is effective. Therefore, we're not going. We're going to make her swear because, in essence, she could be gaiva before the first woman, and what she took it was taka taking away from the first woman. Masha gaiva gava. That's the machlegas. 
Another another pshat. Really, everyone agrees that if the fourth woman takes money before the first, it's not effective. So why does bananas feel they have to swear? If it's not effective, you have to give the land anyway. Then what's the problem? The problem is over here. The machlekes says, are we concerned that the fourth woman, because she knows that she might have to give up the land, will she just drive the land into the ground? Will she not take care of it? Bananas is concerned that the fourth woman might deplete the field. Therefore, we make her swear, thinking that way she thinks she's going to be able to keep it. Meaning, really, everyone agrees if the fourth woman takes and the first woman takes land that wasn't really rightfully hers, the fourth woman has to give it to the first. So, what's the purpose of making her swear? Bananas feels that we make her swear in order for made, for her to think that she's Takayoitza, that she doesn't have to give it back. When she swears, she thinks. She'll be able to keep it, she'll, so she'll take care of the land. The Tanakama, and the Tanakama is not concerned that the woman is going to drive the land into the ground, and we don't make her swear. That's the Machlegas. A third explanation, Oh, a third Machlegas. Again, the question is, why are we making the fourth woman swear? What's the purpose of making her swear? Who is she hurting? So the Gemara said at first, we were talking about maybe the first woman might have to seize the lands from her. The answer is no, very simple. The case of our Mishnah is that when, when we're take, telling the women are collecting the Ksuba, who are they collecting it from? They're from, from the orphans. The, the case of the Mishnah is the orphans are adults. And we know there's a general rule that if you take money from orphans, you have to swear. It's an automatic rule. The Machlekes is, does that apply to adult kids? The Tanakama feels no. Adult kids, you can take collect from without swearing. Therefore, this woman doesn't have to swear because she's collecting from adult kids. There's no need to swear, and she doesn't have to swear to the other women because she's not potentially going to hurt them because she's just getting leftovers. Bananas feels the rule that you have to swear when you're collecting from orphans applies to both children and adults. So, because it applies to adults as well, when this woman is trying to collect the ksuba, she has to swear. I who is she hurting doesn't matter. She's collecting from orphans. She has to swear. Whether you have to swear if you're collecting from orphans. Amr Abaya. Abaya says like this. Let's say you have two brothers or two partners. You have Reuben and Shimon, our partners, and they're being sued by Levi. And one of the brothers or one of the partners was taken to court by the third party. So let's say you have Reuben and Shimon, our partners. Levi sues Reuven and Shimon, so one of them goes to court. Instead of both of them going to court, Reuven goes to court. Instead of Reuven and Shimon, Reuven goes to court, and he loses the court case. The question is, can Shimon, the partner, say, I, I, I didn't go to court, meaning you took my partner to court. I, I don't, I, 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 you should have taken me to court. I don't have to respect that court case. Or do we say, no, if you take one partner to court, then the assumption is that that covers both partners. So the halach is, the halacha is that if you take one partner to court, that's considered shlichus on behalf of both of them. If one partner goes to court, the assumption is the other partner is cool with it. So if one partner loses the court case, the other partner has to respect that conclusion as well. That's the halacha. Ikla Rav Nachman Lasura. Rav Nachman went to Surah. Shailiu. So they asked him, what's the halacha in this case? If you take one partner to court, does the other one have to respect the outcome? So said, so what about the Mishnah? He says, I'll prove it to you that if you take one person to court, the other partner has to respect the outcome. Why? 
In our Mishnah, you have the first woman swears to the second woman. Why? Because when the first woman takes, it affects the second woman. When the first woman takes, it also affects the third woman. Right? If by definition what you're taking affects the second woman, it by definition affects the third as well. So why doesn't the first woman have to swear a second time in front of the presence of the third? What do you see? You see that all these women are considered partners. And if you, sw- and if you take one to court, that covers all of them. That's why you don't have to swear for all of them individually. So the Gemara says, no. Me dummy. How do you compare the two? can't compare the two. When it comes to an oath, where all we want is the truth. So if you swear to one, that, that works for all of them, because the truth came out. But when it comes to a court case of partners, if one partner goes to court and the other partner doesn't, the reason why you could argue the other partner does not have to respect the outcome is because he could say, if I would have gone to court, I would have argued differently. When it's just a shvua, avada shvua, one shvua from one partner will cover the rest, because that's just the truth. But when it comes to outcome of litigation, other partners might say, listen, if I was there, I would have argued differently. <coughs> now this concept that if you take one to court, whether the other one has to respect the outcome is The whole shaila is only when the, the other partner who did not go to court was not in town. If the other partner was in town during the court case and he didn't show up, then that's on him. If he wanted to go, right? The whole point of why you don't have to respect the outcome is potentially you could say, listen, you should have taken me to court. But if you were in the town at the time and you chose not to show up, that's on you. Okay. Itmar. Here's the Shiloh. In our Mishnah, it talks about two women who have Ksuvas written on the same date. So the halacha is, they all split it equally. Itmar. You have two conflicting deal, deeds. Two sales documents. Um, they're both written on the same day. So, now, you have Reuven has a, de- a document that he bought land, and Shimon has the same document, he bought land, both on the same day. So obviously one's right, one's not right. You can't, you, can't, you know, only one of them bought it. We don't know who's, who's who, we don't know who bought first, we don't know the deal. So Rav Amar Cholkin, Rav says, you split the property between the two of them. And Shmuel says, no, you don't split the property. The Rabbonim have discretion, and they could decide who they think was actually the one who purchased it first. Now, what's the Machlegas about? So, Lema Rav, Rav Meir, Edi Chasima Karsi, go to the next page, Ushmul Rav Elazar, Edi Mesira Karsi. It's a shy like this. When it comes to Gittin and deeds of sale, you need to have witnesses to give Koyach to make sure that the, the, actual, um, the actual transaction took place. There's a Shaila. Is the main strength the Adim that signed or the Adim that were present for the delivery? Rav Meir Shita is the main strength are the Adim that signed. Rav Elazar holds the main point is the Adim that were present. And even if there were no signatures, as long as there is in present, it would work. It's Machlekes. See, over here in our case, where you have two people that, that wrote it on the same, that, bo- that both have Shtaris on the same day, you see, if if you go by the signature, that means that those signatures, those those witnesses gave Koach to a document, and the document did not specify a specific hour, it specified a day, which means you have two documents that both specify and give Koach to the exact same day, and there's no way to know which is stronger than the other. So Rav says, because of that, they're both equally strong, and you split it. Shmuel, who says, no, you don't split it, you go by the 
the, the judge's discretion, is because he holds the main strength is not the Edom that signed, it's the Edom that saw the delivery. Now, because they were both not delivered at the exact same moment, one of them is telling the truth. Meaning, if you go by the signature, that signature means that this star is, is strong. Both signatures took place on the same day. Both are signifying that the star, that the, the strength of that star is from that day. So they both could be equally powerful. But if you go by the main thing is not the Aiden that signed, it's the Aiden that were present when it was delivered. Because they were both not delivered at the exact same moment, one of them is more correct than the other. So therefore, because you're not sure, <clears throat> because only one of them could be right, meaning Rav's Yisoyed is, they both could be correct. How? Because if he holds it, you go by the star, the Aiden that signed, that means that they're giving strength to that document itself, and that document never specified a date. It means that document is sort of valid that day. So they're both equally strong. But if you go by the Aiden that were present during the delivery, that's what gives the strength. Because they were both not delivered at the exact same moment, that means one of them is before the other. They can't be equal. Because they cannot be equal, you've got to f- try to figure out which one came first. That's the Adam's, the Bezin's discretion. So that's the Gemara wants to say. So Gemara says, Loi, to Kuliyama Kravalaza, really you could argue, they both hold their Kravalaza, that you go by the delivery. Which means one of them is correct. The Machlekes is, what do you do if you're not sure? Rav says it's better. Really, Rav can hold like Rav Allah, the Eidim Asira Karate. So why does he say you split it? Because he's saying, if you don't know, if you're faced with a situation where you're not able to tell which one comes first, better to split it. And Shmuel says, no, better to try to figure it out. So that's the Machlegas. Can you really say that Rav holds like Rav Allah? We're trying to say that maybe everyone agrees like Rav Allah, the Asira Karate. First, we thought that Rav held like Rav Meir and Shmuel held like Rav Elazar. He said, No, everyone agrees like Rav Elazar. Is that possible? Rav said that witnesses to delivery makes it the Gitin Chal, makes the Gitin, uh, the Get uh, take effect. And when this statement was read from Shmuel, he says, Afashtaris. He said, This halacha is not just by Gitin, it's by all documents. Which means, the Rav which means that Rav holds Adam Asira Karati is only by Gitin. But when it comes to loan documents, the Adam that sign take effect. So how could you say that Rav holds like Rav He doesn't. He only holds like Rav by Gitin. So the says, you're right. You're right. So rather go back to what we said originally, which is that Rav follows Rav follows Meir, and Shmuel follows Rav Okay? So according to Shmuel, the halacha is, you go by Shuda Dedaini. The price says If you have two deeds that are on the same property that are on the same day, cholkim, you split it. Oh, so you see, you split it. That's like Rav, not like Shmuel. You have the Shmuel. So I'm like Shmuel. How many Rameiri? It's very simple. We just got finished saying that Rav and Shmuel are arguing. One follows one Tana, one follows the other. Rav follows Rav Meir, and Shmuel follows Rav Elazar. So this price that says like Rav is because it's following Rav Meir. Shmuel follows a different Tana, so that's perfectly fair. So you're telling me what it's like. So where it says Ir of Meir. So you tell me this brisa. That said, you split it, which followed Rav, was really going in the sheet of Rav Meir, that, Ede, uh, that the Edim, that sign, take effect. But wait a minute, go to the end of that b'raisa. Let's see if that b'raisa can entirely go like Rav Meir. B'raisa said, If the owner of a property wrote a deed of sale to one person, but instead of, but before he delivered it, he wrote another deed and delivered it to a second guy. What's the halacha? Whoever, so you have written first to one guy, but it was delivered first to the other. What's the halach? You go by the delivery. 
Who's that like? That's not Rav Meir. Rav Meir holds the Edim that's signed take effect, not the Edim that are for the deliveries. What does it show you? So this Brisa can obviously not follow Rav Meir. It must be that this Brisa follows Shmuel, and it follows, uh, I'm sorry, it follows Rav, and it could work both according to Rav Meir and according to Rav Lazar. Okay, so we said before there's a Machlaikas, Rav and Shmuel, do you go by splitting it, or do you go by Shuta Dedaini? The Gemara says, Tanoihi, it's really Machlaikas Tanoim, Dedanya, Chacham Armi Achloiku, Chacham say, in this situation, you split it, Kanamru, Mashiyir, Tzashil Shiasa, but in Bavl, they say, no, you go by the Edim, uh, Bezdin's discretion. Okay. Let's finish up. Imei de Rami Barchama, the mother of Rami Barchama, she wrote away her property to Rami Barchama, her son, in the morning. But in the later of the day, she wrote the same property away to her other son, Marukva. So you have two brothers who have both deeds of sale written on the same day. So Asi Rami Barchama came to So they went in front of Rishesh's. Rishesh's went with Rami Barchama, who was written first. Also Marukva came to Rav Nachman. Marukva went to Rav Nachman. And Rav Nachman followed Marukva. So, it's machlegas. So they have two dissenting views as to who owns the land. So also Rav Sheshes came to Rav Nachman. So Rav Sheshes went in front of Rav Nachman. Amar le, my time of Marhochi. Why'd you give it to the second brother? So Amar le, my time Mar of Marhochi. So Rav Nachman said to Rav Sheshes, why'd you give it to the first brother? Amar le, to cut him. He says, well, because he was he was written first. Amar le, ought to be Yishayim the Svinah the Kasvinah Shas. He said, how do you know? It's not Yishalayim that they write hours. Meaning, they're both written on the same day. Because they're both written on the same day, and there's no indication within the documents of which one was written first, therefore they're going to see you, you can't go with one over the other. Elamar, my time at Avachis is fine. So why'd you give it to the other brother? Amalei Shumadadaini. Right? What are you doing, these two brothers? Bezdin's discretion, meaning Bezdin's discretion. Amalei, he said, no, no, no good. Anonami Shumadadaini. He said, so you have one Rav who said that he went with Bezin's discretion. So he said, the other Rav said, I also went with Bezin's discretion. See, Amr Lay, so again, so Rav Sheshis first said, Rav Sheshis first said to Rav Nachman that the reason why he gave it to Rav Barcham was because it was written first. Rav Nachman rejected that because, uh, because there's no indication of the time within the documents. So Rav Nachman said that he did it because of discretion of the Bezdin. Rav Sheshis then said, I also went with the discretion of the Bezdin. So now it's like a second reason. First he said it was because it was written first, but now he's saying discretion. So Amr Lehi, so Rav Nachman said to Sheshis, First of all, he says, I'm, a, I'm part of a Bezdin, you're not. Meaning, I'm a judge, you're not. You're a Rav, you're not a judge. Additionally, when I asked you originally why you went with him over the other, you didn't say Bezin's discretion, you said it was written first. Which means now you're changing your tune, so no good. Okay. So, we'll run through this last case. There were two deeds of sale that were written on the same property. They were brought before of Yosef. One was written that it was sold on the 5th of Nisan. Other one was just written Nisan. So, could be it was sold first, in which case it's his, or it could be sold after the 5th of Nisan. So, Ukmi Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef followed the view, and he said that the land belongs to the person who bought on the 5th of Nisan. The one who just wrote Nisan doesn't have it. Why? Because maybe it's later in the month, in which case that land wasn't yours to buy. Again, you have Ruven sold the same piece of land to Shimon and to Levi. 
Shimon has a document that says he bought on the 5th of December. Levi has a document that says he bought in December. So they said, going with the Shimon, that's the 5th of December. Why? Because your document, when it says December, maybe it was really afterwards, it was the end of the month, in which case it wasn't Ruvin's to sell anymore. Maybe you bought it at the end of the month. So, not a good effect. So therefore, Levi, who has the document that just says generic Nisan, no good. Now here's the cool thing. On the next page, Now Levi just bought land that wasn't really his. So he lost the land. So which means that he's going to go collect it. Now the way it works is that when land was seized from you, you would get a star that said it was seized from you. This is the value. And then you could go go get it from the original guy and potentially lean on the property, all that stuff. So this land was taken away from Levi because Levi's, it might have been bought at the end of the month. So Levi says, okay, can I at least have a document that says that it was seized from me so that I can go collect? So He says, but wait. Because he has this generic Nisan, we're saying that he really bought it at the end of the month, in which case it wasn't really his to buy, so he lost the money. So he says, okay, at least give me a document saying that I can collect it. He says, no, because maybe you actually bought it at the beginning of the month, in which case it's really yours, and you shouldn't have given it up. Meaning, in other words, you should get messed up both ways. You should get messed up that you can't keep the land, but you should also get messed up that you can't collect. So he says, so what's the Eitzah? What you have to do is you have to have Reuven and Levi, who Reuven and Shimon, who both have the documents, I'm sorry, Shimon and Levi both have the documents, they have to write a start to each other, the, 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 uh, basically saying as follows. That, that Levi, who has the unspecified date, will ask the other person who has the fifth of Nisan to write a star giving Levi the power of attorney um, to collect any compensation owed to Shimon. Meaning, you're basically saying that like this, you're, I'm going to try to collect, and if I shouldn't be collecting, then I'm a, I'm, I'm a shliach on behalf of yours to collect. So it's some sort of... Uh, Eight so like that. Um, all right, maybe tomorrow we'll uh, we'll review this last little bit. I will right, we'll stop here.